Good evening, good morning, or whatever time it is when you're listening. Uh, you're listening to Evenings with Mitch Buchanan, the world's one and only Baywatch Nights podcast. I'm your host, Nick Box, and my co-hosts are James Paul Matthews and Christopher Hines. Introduce yourself, guys. Go on, James, you can go first. Or am I going first? Okay. I don't know. Who's going first now? We're confused. I'm being generous. I'll let you go first. We, we can rock, paper, scissor it over webcam. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ready? Yeah. We're... Ready? No okay. one can see this, but just uh, we're going to do it. Ready? We'll do it on three. One, two. Oh, wait, 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 one, two, three. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We like that. Let's try that one more time. Let's try that one more time. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Ah. Yeah, right. I won, basically. For people who can't see, I got scissors, you got paper. Um, that means I go first. I'm Chris. Uh, on to you, James. <laughs> I'm James. Um, I just lost some rock, paper, scissors. Hi. <laughs> back, back to you, Nick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello, guys. Um, sorry about the uh, slight um, week gap you had between episodes. Um, there's no, no excuse rather than just laziness, <laughs> but uh, we're back on track now. Uh, so bring you weekly episodes of, um, or weekly doses of David Hasselhoff, Mitch Buchanan, 90s weirdness. If you don't already know the concept of the show, <clears throat> brief rundown, Baywatch Nights was a spin-off show of the TV series Baywatch in the 90s, where Mitch, David Hasselhoff, becomes a private investigator uh, in the evenings, moonlighting from his job as a lifeguard. And in season one, he solves some pretty wacky crimes. And in season two, he takes on the paranormal and monsters and aliens and all sorts of gooey madness. Um, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, uh, a Jogans, uh, rollerblading uh, burglars. um, Yeah, it does it all. Um, But yeah, feel free to listen back to our um, previous episodes. You don't have to watch the show to enjoy this we are literally just going to tell you everything that happens in each episode each week we take one episode from season one and one episode from season two and then we choose which one we preferred we're currently up to episode four of either season and yeah i've got fuck all else to say so back to you christopher cool right so yeah so season one episode four <clears throat> the title for this one is deadly vision or in german todlig visionen which <laughs> i think just means Deadly vision in German. Right. Um, Nick should have the bit of the rundown from the IMDb. So, Nick, what is what is the um, synopsis for, for this episode? Right. So, this episode, uh, episode five, Deadly Vision, was first aired on the 21st of October, 1995. And the synopsis for it is, Destiny annoys Mitch in Ghana by relating her visions of a series of murders they are investigating until she sees that Ryan is the next victim. What, did did it actually say she annoys Mitch in Ghana? Yeah. (laughs) This <laughs> is so bad. They're, they're never written right. All... <laughs> Fair enough. Right. So yeah, um, and just a quick thing. So like Nick said, we're going to be doing episode four from season one, episode four from season two, and at the end of every episode, we decide which one is our favourite. Um, and there's a little scoreboard, but we'll get to that. So what is the score oh, so yeah, well, far? The score quickly. I, th- I think it's is it. Season one is winning two to one at the moment because yeah. of last week's incredible um, punch up at the amusement park. Just <laughs> literally. 
that that episode from season one, just a little bit above the madness that happened on the boat in yeah. season two. How could we forget that, that incredible intro? It was incredible. <laughs> Anyway, right. Well, I mean, this, this week it gets mad. <laughs> oh, it does. You, you think what's been said already is mad. This is just to a, another level. So, um, I know, James, I mean, do you want to start, start it off? I mean, where do we even start here? Okay, so the first thing I just want to know, just a, a nice little, just like, first to second year sort of observation. Of some, there's some pretty nice... Uh, guitar riffs going on in the intro music oh i've actually noticed something like that down every every time i watch this i appreciate the theme tune more and more (laughs) i mean like uh, there's some really nice musical interludes like you know the bluesy sort of like guitar riffs i was like this is really cool like um i just found myself getting really immersed into it and then um (laughs) and then of course <laughs> and then, of course, you know they're at like this uh, at the beginning of this episode. They're all at this um, outdoor fair where Destiny, um, the character of Destiny, she's um, the spiritualist um, psychic medium. For anyone that doesn't know, she's um, conducting one some of the most flamboyant psychic readings I've ever seen. And um, the, the, and uh, you know she goes through a whole host of uh, people that are getting their like palms red or their futures told and their tarot's red. Um, then um, one guy turns up, uh, this bloke in a horrendous blue blazer and the most awkward and tightly ill-fitting pair of speedos I've ever seen. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, um, and then it gets to uh, the bit where um, she does the tarot reading for a guy and she pulls out a card, uh, the death card, I believe. Was it the yeah. death card? Yeah. Mm. And then, um, then of course, um, that's where the whole episode first, you know, starts to unfold. Because um, uh, in my notes, I, I um, well, she basically my... said to him that someone close to you is going to die, didn't she? Basically, she well, she yeah. actually gave, she actually gave a few people. There was him. There was this other guy with a woman turtleneck. Yeah, with a woman. Um, yeah. And there was um, the Scottish woman with the worst Scottish accent I have ever heard on the planet. I noted that, I noted that right? When I found out she was Scottish later on in the episode, I was like, that wasn't a Scottish accent. Like, that, that definitely was not Scottish. It was it so awful. Like it was European so or something, awful. But it wasn't Scottish. Um, was, I noticed that. But I, I, I love it. Mitch Buchanan, um, Destiny said Mitch Buchanan can quieten your karma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But before, before we go any further, there's a couple of little things that I think are just kind of little tidbits that I've um, found out, which I think we should mention because um, we've just introduced the two characters here. First off, Destiny, um, who is known as Lisa, Lisa Stahl. We, we've actually seen her before in something, and you might not have picked up on this. She was the girl in George Michael's Careless Whisper video. What? what? <laughs> yeah. I looked her up on IMDb. She is the girl from Kevin's Whisper. <laughs> that is absolutely... Wow, that has blown my mind. Wait, that is incredible. There's a second one. There, there's a cameo from someone in this episode. Can anyone guess who the cameo is from? A cameo? Hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, okay. So, right, when um, they're giving... Uh, Actually, this kind of skips a little bit forward. So after she's spoken to the 
um, the Scottish woman and the Scottish woman's basically, which I, I think is just a really funny scene, this bit with the Scottish woman, because it's just kind of like, oh, you know, was it your aura's wiggling or something, isn't it? Your aura's jolted. I can't remember what the phrase was. And then it's just suddenly like, oh, you should definitely go see Mitch. He's a private investigator. I mean, they didn't discuss anything. It was just, yeah. you definitely need a private investigator, though. So He lives <laughs> just up there. <laughs> yeah, he lives just up there. But prior to that, we forget that um, we see Garner and Ryan on the beach doing a little oh, bit of the cover work. Yeah. Wearing the best Hawaiian shirts I've ever seen, which is... I've ever seen in my life, yeah. But considering they're meant to be undercover, they stick out more than anyone on the entire beach. Okay, and there's the man and the woman, correct? You remember that Garner's taking a yeah. picture of? The woman... Yeah, yeah. Okay, are you ready for this? The woman is known as Bobby Jean Brown... And she is the girl from Warren's Cherry Pie video. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> you have done your research. Yeah, not only have we got Lisa Stall from Careless Whisper, we have got Bobby Jean Brown from Cherry Pie. She <laughs> my cherry pie. Cherry pie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. That when we barely started the episode, I thought we'd just add that in because I thought that was just brilliant. That is like fact, mind-blowing facts. But before we get too far ahead, I just want to skip right back to the beginning again. And we get our weekly um, noir-esque narration by the Hoff. And he says, a lot of things happen on a full moon. I broke my leg skiing on a full moon. My ex-wife left me on a full moon. And then he lists about a load of other crap that happened on a full moon. Oh, I, <laughs> I have got that written down. Happy in hysterics. <laughs> How random! I broke my leg skiing on a full moon. Why are you skiing at night? <laughs> God knows. So basically, to give the context again, so, so far we've got Destiny giving some readings to people. One person, she said someone's going to die. She spoke to this Scottish woman and said her aura was kind of shaking, rattling. So she needed a private investigator. We don't know what's going on with that yet. And Ghana and Ryan on the beach wearing the brightest Hawaiian shirts ever, trying to be undercover, taking pictures of the girl from Cherry Pie with this other man who's giving her a diamond ring. I call him Sleazy Man for all my notes. So is, that what you, is that what your reference is? Right? Is that... Yeah, Sleazy Man. Oh, sorry, I've just got it here. Um, yeah, um, Destiny said that the uh, Scottish woman, Victoria, her aura hiccuped. That was what it was. Uh, or a hiccup, and now she needs a private investigator. <laughs> um, also, I need to add as well, okay, just, you know, when she told the person that um, someone was going to die, um, so for those of you listening in, you might not realise, but my mum is a clairvoyant. She is actually a psychic clairvoyant. That is actually very unprofessional practice, and you would get shut down. It is kind of like unwritten law within that kind of community that if there is negative things like that, you do not tell people because you do not know how they're going to act on it. So um, Destiny should actually be shut down and her um, stall completely collapsed, and um, which she should never be seen in those communities again. Anyway, with what's happening. We should have got your mum on as a guest on this episode to be a professional consultant. <laughs> oh, we should have. She's going to give some really good insight into the world of, of clairvoyance here. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically, um, so Ryan and Garner are on the beach. Um, they, they do this little thing where they, like, throw a, a frisbee over and it hits the man in the head and they plant a little microphone. Oh. Yeah, James, we 
I love how they're trying to figure out how they're going to get the mic over near to them. And all of a sudden, that frisbee just comes straight at them. And it's just like, and they look at each other like, ah, okay. <laughs> Let's throw it at his head. That'll work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because it was like a little bit after this when they finally get the idea that it transitions back to a more, more, more dialogue from the awkwardly scottish redhead woman um oh my god her accent was horrific it was yeah, so bad it was eastern european surely it wasn't it wasn't scottish no because she said she's scottish. scottish doesn't see there's something that says yeah and she says all right laddie oh well she actually cool because there's no way that she's scottish that accent was like it's, honestly it sounded like eastern european or something i don't know like that. Have, a, have a look up um but yeah, so she goes to see Mitch about the private investigator, and then Garner and this uh, and um, and Ryan they confront the man giving, you know, the woman this ring, which I still don't really I still don't really understand why. Does anyone know why they're watching them? Uh, yeah, because he's cheating on uh, his his wife, and his wife had hired oh, them. Yeah, they say like we've been hired by your wife, isn't it? Yeah, that is yeah. true. That is true. And then. There's a bit of a scuffle comes out, isn't there? Ryan and Garner are confronted by the man who found the mic. Ryan wrestles the girl while Garner chases the man, and then Mitch <laughs> dives at him into a table. Yeah. <laughs> a proper, like, Edge and Christian spear into the table, and it was so... But it looked really, really convincing that day. That was, was an epic... What I liked is Garner ran over to Destiny, who was nowhere near the fight, and was kind of like almost like trying to protect her from a fight that she wasn't even close to. He was just yeah. like, you know, she was like miles away. And he was just like, he was just like oh, I'll get you. They get him and they punch him out. And then it just sort of then cuts to Mitch and Destiny riding a tandem. Oh, that was... Oh, wait, wait. We missed a classic line, though, before we do that. We, we missed out the bit where um, he's threatening the man and Mitch goes, time out, and then goes, no, time in, yeah. and Garner punches him. <laughs> <laughs> like, you that, wouldn't just stop just because someone says time out. You'd be like, hold on a minute, mate, and everyone just suddenly stops, would you? That's just not how fights normally break out. In the heat of the moment, no. No, definitely not. But I, I love the tandem scene with Mitch and Destiny Ryder. It really reminded me of that... Um, Raindrops keep falling on my head. Wait a minute, naked gun. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> romance montage. It was so funny, but of course there was no romantic involvement here. But oh god! But so they're just riding, <laughs> riding on the bikes. <laughs> they're riding on the bikes, and then Destiny's vision and the zoom in and the slow motion <laughs> of what's going on, and then she falls over the bike. <laughs> yeah, so over she... the cliff. Yeah, so Over she has a vision, just to clarify, she has a vision of Victoria, <laughs> the Scottish woman, getting attacked. And then she flies oh. over the bike, down a hill, like off a cliff. Like, honestly, she flies for miles. She literally defied the laws of physics, the amount she flew off. Mitch somehow didn't just stayed on the bike. And the, the funniest bit, I love it, when he pops his head over the cliff. I don't know why, that really made me laugh. He pops over with his sunglasses just over the edge of the cliff. Kind of like a... I don't know, like um, like a meerkat like, poking out of a hole. And it's just like the way that she went over, like with the camera looking up. That was like some old school eighteen 
camera sort of like moments where you know there's a big explosion and the bad guys go flipping over um <laughs> they go flipping over the camera in slow motion but you're right about um mitch when he peers over i just totally noticed is he not worried that his sunglasses are going to fall off when he's looking over the edge of a cliff you know they might actually obscure destiny's like um eyesight and you know maybe it'll poke her in the eye and all of a sudden she'll let go and then she'll fall to her death <laughs> he doesn't think about it's very irresponsible well, we've no, 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 no. It's highly irresponsible. If you if you want to you listen back on some of the old episodes, we list in great detail how unprofessional Mitch Buchanan is at his job. So him wearing sunglasses. It gets worse during these two episodes, yeah. like off scale worse. Like. Oh, shame. Oh, it really does. So now we we go to um to the office, and they're um. Garner's there painting on the wall. Um, apparently, he's painting an an off-white colour called a crew. Has anyone ever heard of this colour? Yes, you have. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not familiar with the the colour of a cube, but apparently, according to um, it's it's um, oh, sorry, it's Ryan painting. Apparently, it's a bit too much of a female colour. <laughs> what an off? What is an off-white mimic class as a female colour? I guess in my. When I was growing up and uh, when I was going into school, which I'm sure you guys can remember because we were all around that same time, like, um, was you ever taught about masculine and feminine colours and terminologies in, like, I mean, art and... I mean, as far as maybe, like, not, you know, like, pink for girls, blue for boys, but besides that, like, not massively, no. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the whole principle of what was taught back then, but which bears no relevance now because, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, but the funniest thing for me throughout this particular scene was when, you know how I keep saying about every episode, there's two characters that say the same small bit of dialogue at the same time. This time they both said, nine out of ten. <laughs> Good pick up. I didn't pick up on that one. But yeah, but so just, I, I, like, I noted it as uh, the token crap office scene of the week. This week it's painting. <laughs> Yeah, there is always one, isn't there? For some reason, there is always one. So, um, obviously, then they are. Um, I've got. They're talking to Destiny again, and she describes Victoria as the princess of the shining flame. I think was the term that she used to describe <laughs> her. <laughs> um, and there was, I think, who is it? Someone says there she um, she wasn't physically there; she was psychic, psychically there. Or something. I've got that line written down, but I can't remember what it was in reference to. Any any ideas where that bit was from? I can't remember. He wasn't uh, physically I mean, there. She was psychically there. I thought it was a really good line. <laughs> I, think the only, I didn't take too many notes around this bit. The only thing that I've got in terms of notes around this bit is uh, a bit of dialogue from Mitch, um, which I thought was fucking hilarious. We go, Hobie got an A in algebra. Nobody can explain that. <laughs> oh yeah we actually started talking about his son a bit more doesn't he um mm. just a bit you're gonna to need to cut nick but it's saying that we've only got nine minutes 44 mm. left on zoom so we'll have to start a new zoom call oh uh, is it not free anymore no i don't look like it i mean unless um I don't know, how much is doesn't it, it doesn't it just come up i'm pretty sure it just comes up when we're giving it to you for free at the moment uh, but yeah if it does cut out we're just we're no yeah, just, just, just be aware I've got like nine minutes. Right, okay. Um, okay, so let's go back. So, to, so yeah, so we're, 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 um, we're, we're, 
so yes, yeah, so we just said that. Um, so, so yeah, then we got, got to a, sorry, carry on. Yeah, so we got to the point where uh, Mitch says this really amusing dialogue of that his son Hobie got an A in algebra, but nobody can explain that. So, like in reference to like nobody can really explain what's going on with Destiny's uh, psychic visions that she's having. Um, very intense psychic visions. And then um, is it around this point where? They're all uh, riding on the bikes again, Garner, Ryan, and Destiny. And yeah. Then they Talking cut. Fairly Jesse Raphael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they very conveniently cross this poster that's on a lamppost. Uh, a oh Roman my God. Very conveniently placed. <laughs> oh no, the thing is, like, okay, so basically to describe this poster, this poster has basically got a picture of the Scottish woman like kind of almost like hugging into this kind of big muscly hunk guy with a hangman's noose behind him and it says romance to die for the bit that i found funny is that they you know they're just randomly cycling along they come across this poster but they're not even shocked that there's this picture just randomly stuck on a telephone pole with all this kind of information kind of thing it's just kind of like oh yeah here's this poster just casually there like you i mean you kind of be like, oh my God, what the hell? That's really weird. That looks like the Scottish woman. Oh my God, this is, but it's just like, oh yeah, there's a poster and it says this. It's just so like, this is what this show always does, isn't it? They find out things and they're so just like, eh, whatever, you know, just like it's just normal. It's just normal to find a poster with, you know, a, a person that you've just, you know, just randomly met. <laughs> it's so weird. I don't get like why they're like that. And it's just a continuing theme with the show, I think. Yeah. Well, what? Well, yeah, unexplained mysteries, definitely. Yeah, and then, and then they then they're back to um, back to Mitch. I've got here, and uh, it's Mitch and Ryan. Got Hobie on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, it, like this bit. It really did remind me of of the room. The bit like you know, I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> it really reminded me of that because it was just like he's just there, like you know, having a go at his holding um, the phone and goes quiet. <laughs> Yeah, like having a go going, oh my God, no, don't do that. And he's like, car waiting is not a good thing. And then he turns away and goes, by the way, Destiny was not worried about the diamond ring. And like completely like going off on like, <laughs> something completely different. Was, yeah, it reminded me of that, of that scene in the room. Um, but then we've got um, here, I'm just trying to, the thing is, I, I don't know about you guys, I've written so many notes for this that, and this, I don't know if you all agree with this, but, this entire episode made no sense at all. Zero. Like, I didn't understand. This entire show makes no sense. No, but this episode in particular, which is why I'm struggling to understand my notes, because literally, right, let, let's just put this out there. I know this is going to be a bit of a spoiler, but this whole bit about this Scottish woman is completely forgotten. It's like there's this big build-up with this Scottish woman bit, but she is not involved in anything past this bit about her I mean, you know, she, she seems like she's going to be an integral part of this storyline, but she isn't really, yep. is she? It's a bit of a red herring. Does anyone else yeah. agree with me? Yeah. Is it me or? I thought the man with the polar neck at the beginning was going to be like the main baddie. Cause he looked like suspicious as fuck. And I even put bad guy alert, polo, ne polo neck man. You never see him again. <laughs> yeah. Because I've got because talking about that, you know, then you get the guy 
Yeah, so, so just going back to the beginning, obviously they were filming the guy with the, the woman on the beach with the, you know, with the diamond ring, right? And then the, that guy then pulls up where Ryan and Mitch are, right, and everything, and he says they're getting divorced. And then he says to them, don't surprise if I get even to him, right? Kind of insinuating that we're going to see him again. We never see this guy again. And we do. We do, do we? We do. We do, yeah. yeah. He comes oh. back later on. This this guy, sleazy man, comes back later on in the episode. Have I just got this? Have I? Has this just melted my brain so much that I've done not understand the whole episode? Because I remember sleazy, finishing this. Sleazy. Then what? What on earth has happened? Yeah, sleazy man is quite an integral part of it towards the end. Mm. <laughs> to yeah, all listening, you're probably confused as hell right now. But it kind of sums <laughs> up exactly how I feel about this whole episode. So don't worry, you're no further ahead than me. There's two things that I've noted around this particular scene. Firstly, when, since when did Adidas do leather brown jackets? Oh, I told you about this. There's, there's a clear Adidas sponsorship. Um, yeah. yeah. Season, the next episode, we see our actual Adidas box in someone's hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there is sponsorship in this, but I never knew they did leather jackets. But um, the funny thing about this scene for me was like uh, when um, Mitch is with Ryan, <laughs> I've, I've put down... There was quite a pause before the, that car went to run over Ryan and with a couple of amusing camera transitions where she just kind of like standing there and smiling and grinning going like that. <laughs> but like, it's just like she doesn't even acknowledge that the car is already racing up to try and run her over and she's still standing there smiling still like waiting for the car to come and run her over. And then Mitch is like, get out of the way! <laughs> it was just like a really awkward like pause which just... Uh, yeah, and then Sleazy Guy came into it, and then it's like, you know, it gives him an incentive to uh, do something bad. And yeah. then, um, yeah, Destiny has a very intense vision, and <laughs> the conclusion for her vision is so friggin' amazing. She's basically um, predicting uh, the death of. Uh, one of uh, the people that she's given reading to, or, or something along those lines. Anyway, she's, she's going, ah, oh, ah, oh, you know, she's having the visions. It's really intense. It's really painful. And then, you know, Mitch comes in, and Ryan comes in, gone is there, like, you know, tell me what you see. Tell me what you see. Now, how the hell, right? So, this, she goes, I see water. I see bridges. And then Mitch goes, that's Venice Beach. <laughs> I know. I, 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 he knew instantly. Water bridge. Yeah. yeah, she she described some utter fantasy house, and he knew exactly. The Hansel and Gretel house. He goes. He goes. I know where that is. Yeah. And, and then, did anyone notice when he hops in the car to drive off, the car's license license plate says Shaft Seven. What's that about? There has been so many. Um, Shaft references in this series so far, and it's lovely. But that um, after the Hansel and Gretel <laughs> reference, and when were they just driving off Shaft One? Vroom, oh man, <laughs> that, that was perfect. It was so amazing. Good. And then what I loved really uh, with that is the montage of Destiny in the car, still having these visions, looking so troubled. And there was all this like moaning. It almost felt like a weird sex scene in a way. It was, it was just kind of like, oh no, uh, uh, oh no. I just kind of, what is happening here? Is she having some sort of psychic orgasm the car, in the back of the car? 
and then the car jumps. It does a little jump off of a hill. <laughs> I've actually, yeah, I've got that. Yes, like, I noted it. Love that classic car over the hill scene, clashing action, mo- action movie trick, though Destiny's head must be throbbing by now, because <laughs> when the car stopped, you saw Destiny go, bomb, like, you know, severe whiplash head movement. <laughs> <laughs> Such an stop as well. Yeah, so obviously they turn up to the house where she's had this vision, and what's kind of happened is, is the um the husband there who's um basically there's the husband has been killed. There's the wife and there's the stepson, um and they they don't really look that troubled. There's, I I thought there was a real lack of sadness from a family that's just had a family member die. The wife drops the shopping. And the stepson is just like laying on the floor next to his body, like unscathed. <laughs> there are so many notes that I've got for this particular scene where when they, when they enter, and of course the stepson and the guy's there, a garner literally touches the guy on the floor and all of a sudden he's miraculously awake. Oh, and yeah. goes, went out the window. Like, and then um, Mitch is, right, this is my second CPR criticism throughout this entire season so far. Mitch's CPR technique is not good at all. <laughs> he isn't pressing down hard enough, and that is really bugging me at the moment because that's twice in a couple of episodes. <laughs> so, um, and, then, and then the woman walking in and giving the most hilariously unconvincing surprise gasp and facial expression. Yeah, none <laughs> of them like, look that bothered. <laughs> They're just kind of like, uh, whatever, yeah, he's dead. You know, don't really care, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> And then I love the scene just after that where Mitch is talking to Destiny about stuff and he's saying about um, uh, <laughs> about empathics or something and there was some tests done in Russia or something. Was that Mitch? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but... I, the fact that Mitch um, has somewhat like authority over the police questioning when he goes, not now. And the police oh, yeah, walks, the police off. Just walks off. <laughs> <laughs> A lifeguard has jurisdiction over a policeman. And then it was just some of Destiny's uh, dialogue in this scene made me laugh so much because it was just the way that she just kept pausing in between things. And the one that I've got highlighted here is, uh, I don't want to do it. Watch it ever again. again. (laughs) One thing that's also worth noting is, uh, I think it was actually mentioned earlier on in the programme. I think... Ryan said, um, and Mitch were talking about how Mitch thought that Destiny was a bit of all right. And in this scene, he's clearly hitting on a traumatized woman. They're walking down the yeah. beach. You remember that bit where he's got his, like, his arm round her and stuff? And he's like, yeah, come here. Yeah. You're clearly traumatized. I'll look after you. There was he also a everybody. Really yeah, there's also a really forgettable bit <clears throat> near the beginning where they, uh, but it comes, it comes into play more importance later on where they're talking about the fact that they might give uh, Destiny a job, but they don't think they should yeah. give Destiny a job. Oh, yeah. But it's that, a that, really that, forgettable that. scene. It's a really, really forgettable but, scene. But it's important. But it's important for later, important. though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, like okay. And now, honestly, it literally, it, I, it just came back to me now. It's such an unimportant little scene, but yeah. it's very important. But it is very important. It's, it's an unimportant <laughs> but very important note, which we, we will get to. Um, and then I've got there's a, a bit more of... Um, a montage, some rain effects over Destiny. It reminded me a little bit of the Destiny, room. Destiny, like, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things that remind me of the room. 
Did Tommy Wiseau make Baywatch Nights? Is that where he got his money from? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? We'll have to check I the credits. That there was actually a couple of notable things that I um, noticed before we get to the psychedelic uh, music video waterfall scene. Actually, that really reminded me of some really cool like early 90s like music videos like... Um, uh, Horror Head by Curve and Come As You Are by Nirvana, like yes. kind of like uh, you know video imagery, which I thought was really cool. Um, before, um, so, so the guy that's being uh, interrogated by the policeman, he's just giving his statement when uh, Destiny walks past and he stops mid sentence, goes, "Hi, Destiny." It just totally forgets there's a policeman there and he's being questioned, you know, which I thought was quite funny. But also, um, Mitch had been looking for Destiny. Uh, whilst uh, she's walking along the beach. <laughs> but the point that he walks into the scene as if he's just come from the sea. Like, look at <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, like, a really long shot of a woman just putting on suntan lotion for ages. Oh, yeah, just before. <laughs> yeah. Like, sort of 20 seconds of this woman just putting <laughs> suntan lotion on. A woman in a bikini putting suntan lotion on. And then Mick, Mitch just walks in in his jacket in the sun. In that big fucking brown Adidas jacket he wears, leather Adidas jacket. He loves that jacket though. That's his thing. Whatsoever, it's just so brilliant. I just love the way that he walked into it. But, but it was after this that you know the uh, psychedelic like visions montage kicked in. Very arty, a little bit cheesy. But the dude, the, the, the eventual killer who was doing the painting, where did he get that scalpel from? Right. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, talk, let's, let's not talk about the scalpel first. Which is the scalpel Let's talk about the, about the fucking painting. Why has he got... Well, so it's basically, this is the son-in-law. The son-in-law from the, the murder that's just happened. The son-in-law has a painting which has got... Ryan Destiny and Mitch in some sort of almost like action superhero kind of like... Kind of church-esque kind it of... It looked like thing. a stained glass window. Yeah, like, a, like an action hero stained glass window. With right. all the, with you spend all, all that time on. painting it. You spend all yeah. that time painting it. Then you cut them out with a scalpel. Yeah. <laughs> so you've spent ages painting them and then you literally cut each individual person except for Destiny out who was in the centre. Just it literally dabs a scalpel, scalpel into it. And, yeah. I was like, what, why did he do this? Like, what was the point in him painting this thing in the first place? I mean, is he just a fan of the show? And he just, he just knows about Baywatch Nights and he just decided to paint a fan picture? Like, where, where did that come from? But th this is just where this weird yet totally spontaneous obsession with Destiny just comes out of nowhere. And all yeah. of a sudden, it's, it's a, it all of a sudden goes like um, fate or attraction, almost. Yeah, yeah bunny but... But that painting, right, that would have taken ages. That is not, oh, a, yeah. that is not like a one day job. That is, that's really detailed. And then he just, what, why, why did he paint it? I really need to know why he painted that picture. Why has he got a picture of Ghana, Ryan, Mitch and yeah. Destiny? <laughs> why does that exist? I feel like it would have been a better painting if it was actually Ghana and Ryan in their Hawaiian gear on the beach. <laughs> Well, this is one of the bits on the show which, which make makes the least sense to me out of everything I've ever seen. That painting makes the least sense out of everything. Like, I can even accept the green gelatinous goo from previous episodes more than I can this painting. Why does it exist? 
It's art, man. It can be whatever you want it to be. I know, but wh- why has he painted them? How does he even know them? <laughs> it makes a damn good What's the backstory? <laughs> when has he ever seen these people? It's just... It, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I went on from this most incredibly surreal moment with this very clearly now obsessed killer. Um... We, it starts to unfold that Mitch has the intentions of hiring Destiny to the team, but of course, in the midst of all this madness, it's all a bit difficult. And then, the bit that I've been waiting to talk about, about this episode, <laughs> since we started this recording, Mitch Buchanan as a mime. <laughs> it is. Garner as a raster. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so basically, they go undercover to keep an eye on Destiny because Destiny's feeling like something's going on and she's going to be next and whatnot. So yeah, Mitch is dressed as a mime trying to do that thing with the poles where they like put between each other and playing with hankies and stuff. Garner has put on like the most like low budget raster wig painting like awful pictures. Like Mitch is doing balloon animals and talking French. Like, I don't understand what is happening. It's the most batshit crazy thing I've ever seen. And then some grunge guy runs up to Destiny and says, he's over there, right? And then a guy with a massive fake 80s mullet. Oh, my God, that hair. Right? That hair was the best mullet I think. That was huge. It it reminded me a bit of Sonic the Hedgehog. It was like the back of Sonic the Hedgehog put onto a person. It was amazing. I noticed little things, uh, just like tiny little things, which just made this scene so much more satisfying for me. Like one of the people that was actually uh, within that small crowd that was watching Mitch dressed as a mime. He, I swear that was he, man. The guy with the vest and the long, thick, blonde hair. Like, <laughs> oh, imagine if he was a cameo from He Man. That would be incredible. Like Prince Adam of Eternia. It was amazing. I love the fact amazing. also. Yeah. Did anyone- did anyone else pick up the Ghana sounded exactly like Sebastian the Crab from The Little Mermaid when he spoke? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Aria, listen to me. <laughs> He's about to break into Under the Sea. He was... <laughs> in this undercover disguise, wouldn't have looked out of place in Cool Runnings or something. <laughs> but his drawing of that and her mum and dad fucking cracked me up so chronic. It was so oh. funny little artistic drawing he did but the thing that really made me laugh before the guy (laughs) with the dodgy wig and glasses was i love the way whilst mitch was dressed as a mine he was keeping an eye on destiny and the the dude with the red bandana whilst he's pulling the invisible rope going (laughs) oh that had been and of course the dude comes over uh with the red bandana and um and, and he spots that guy with the dodgy wig and the glasses, and all of a sudden, um, a chase ensues. Which the, I've got to say, the pursuit music for this scene was amazing. Oh, it was a bit like Monica. early Red Hot Chili Peppers, I've written. <laughs> like, really early, like, funky Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> yeah, it was like, probably like. It was so cool. I absolutely loved this. So, um, and Garner knocking someone out the way. Oh my God, that was hilarious. It was amazing. So, yeah, the, 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 but the best, thing, the best thing about this is, so you've got this one guy with a red bandana 
chasing this other guy with the best mullet of all time, with Mitch and Garner chasing them both. But then suddenly, the guy with the best mullet of all time is out of the picture, and they just run into the man with the red bandana and all his muscle friends and everything, which then proceed to chase them instead and everything because they've realized they've got the wrong guy. <laughs> and then they hide behind a cardboard cutout of Bill Clinton. <laughs> and Hillary. <laughs> and then Mitch pops his head up he's talking something in French from behind Bill Clinton. It's just like... Just cut. If you think about it, right, that whole scene, that whole scene there, completely pointless. Completely pointless. You've just got a mime and a raster chasing a man who's chasing a man which is, who have both got nothing to do with the storyline whatsoever. This first man with a big mullet completely disappears. We don't know where he went. And the other guy decides to chase them back. And then it's like, oh, they've got the wrong guy. That's like literally like eight minutes of footage, which mean nothing, but it, it was the most vital thing. It meant nothing, but it was the most, it was what we all needed. There was so much I got from this whole scene. Like uh, if we um, take a couple of steps back a bit, so... Um, I say like um, going to the bit where Garner knocks someone out of the way was really funny. Um, there's a lot of emphasis on very lovely uh, legs of all the people whilst they're running like past the pavement at one point. I was just focusing on the legs just so you know they was giving chase. There was a really cool slow motion jump over the gate from Garner at one point. And then um, when we got to the bit with the, with the bodybuilders, there was... Um, uh, this is what I've written in my notes. Uh, was that Millie Vanilli who were with the bodybuilders? No, but it reminded me of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Millie Vanilli with them. I was like, hey? So uh, after that, I put, but why are they chasing after Mitch and Garner? I'm really confused. So that's what I put. And then hiding behind Hillary and Bill, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I, I just, I, at this point, I what the fucking hell is going on i'm so confused and then there was a little bit of dialogue from mitch whilst he was still dressed as a mime popping out from the side of bill clinton he goes figures full moon bad things and then he poses at the camera like he knows it's there <laughs> <laughs> that is so real man like, see, that whole scene was just incredible completely pointless but incredible i couldn't be more happy that that was included <laughs> it, was just... it was amazing. One of my favourite scenes through, throughout the series so far. Yeah, it, probably it was... a tiny, a tiny bit more than the amusement park from uh, last. Mm. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Actually, we, we should have a quick vote on it. What, what do you think? Because Nick seems you seem to be disagreeing. Do you think the the well, background was? I don't want. I, 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 I'd rather go to later. I think overall this is a better episode, right? But. I do think that that fucking fairground scene is just amazing. Yeah. And the fact that they kill someone, <laughs> or implying that they kill someone. I just see Mitch Buchanan now as this badass murderer who just, like, shot someone over a bag. And, I, you know, I, I just think, I don't know. I mean, I want to wait till we finish the season to properly analyse it all. But I will say, I know we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, but... I love this program. <laughs> Especially this week. This week's two episodes for me have just been like, this is incredible. I need more oh, of this. I know. Yeah. 
I mean, this, this show is gold. It is gold. And um, it does actually upset me that people didn't get it at the time. But I think the humour of it is ahead of it. I mean, let's be fair. I don't get it now at all. <laughs> but, but I love it. I think people back then realise, oh, my God, let's not watch this. But it's now appreciated as an understated gem in TV history which is the total emphasis of this whole podcast. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves and go off track, though, because after the, 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 <laughs> the amazing mime and Rastafarian scene, uh, there's multiple camera zoom-ins on Destiny while she's painting, like so many camera zoom-ins, the same scene over and over again in between while she's having visions. So trouble with Um but, we need to say about something about the painting. Why is she painting over Garner's test paint strips in the office? He's been yeah. testing out like colours on the wall. Why is she decided to paint a mural over the test painting? You wouldn't do that, would you? On the test patches. It was it was so funny though because like when she start when she started getting the visions, she and hears that someone's coming into the building. <clears throat> she hides under the table when she hears the footsteps. But there was one face that she actually pulled in this scene where she actually looked like she was quite constipated. <laughs> I don't know if I'm really long, but it wouldn't surprise me. She's done a lot of weird faces in this episode so far. I could have sworn right, that when she's hiding behind the, um, the desk and you see those feet come in, it looks like Ryan's feet. I, I thought it was just Ryan. Hmm. Well, I was more I wondering like why she's one hanging out in the office why she's painting a mural over some paint test strips and why there's just one ominous red light in the back that's just flashing on and off. Like, why is she, why is that happening? Why hasn't she like gone into the office, put the lights on like any normal person and just cracked on painting a, a mural on a wall where there's not lots of paint test strips on? It makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. It's like, but after that, um, I think they're having a chat with Destiny and uh Oh yeah, that's it. They I think they're in um they're in nights and uh I've got in my notes the throwing slash falling of the glass on the floor when she has the vision. Oh yeah, with the lemon. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and then Mitch is throttling her, literally throttling her for psychic information. Tell me what you see <laughs> And then and then the best thing is, he just get, he, get, he, um, he gives her his phone, and then he just gets in the car and starts driving, and he has no idea where he's going. He's just running. We've missed out driving. the reason why, though. Yeah. We've missed out the reason why. She sees she sees someone going to kill Ryan. We didn't mention that. <laughs> oh yeah, but the thing is, still he's just driving randomly, just around LA. Like you could be going completely the wrong way. You should at least wait for some information and some directions surely she did she said i seen flashy lights she goes a lighthouse i know where that is <laughs> and she goes, there's, there's two gargoyles in the garden no, but, there, but that, that was as he was driving though he is already driving he had to turn around and go back the other way like he's going the wrong way <laughs> and the thing is right why why would ryan this is another thing why would ryan be out investigating on her own without telling anyone they're meant to be a team Right. Why is she this is where, right. This is where you know earlier on you said what happened to Sleazy Man. Yeah. Slee that Sleazy Man there. He's with another woman, so she's still tracking Sleazy Man for his ex-wife. 
Oh, yeah, okay. And right, right, he's there with another woman that's just been divorced, and that's where Sleazy Man comes back into it. So when you said Sleazy Man doesn't come back into it, that's him there. Okay, yeah, so I yeah. don't know why Ryan is investigating him on, a, him on her own. Even she hasn't told Mitch where she's going. She's like, if they're business partners, surely she say, I'm going to investigate this guy. He's at this house. Yeah. Like, rather than they just go off on their own and then, like, wait for Destiny's weird fucked up visions to go, I see flashy lights and gargoyles. It's after, it's after that scene where you see Sleazy Man with his wife. You never see them again. Well, they go inside well, to have sex. That's it. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of what I mean about the he's completely kind of pointless in this whole thing. He's just... Yeah, even now I know that he reappears. There's not really any point to him. And when does he get even? He's still wearing the same speedos, the same blue blazer. Hmm. He said. He said before about getting even. When did he get even? It didn't happen. No, it was all just lies. He just, he just revved his, he just revved his car up a bit like a boy racer, and then pissed off. Yeah, just it? an empty, empty threat. That's all it was. <laughs> it's kind of like like the um like the the Baywatch equivalent of someone shaking their fist and going, "Why I order?" You know. Yeah. Pretty much. And obviously when Ryan's there, um, the son-in-law, we don't really know, did we know his name? Son-in-law killer man, has he got a name? Do we know a name? Son-in-law killer man. Son-in-law killer man. He finds Ryan and then he's holding like a, a gun to her head and everything. Oh, and before, he's playing games with her with that remote control car. Yeah, remote control car. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, then, then he's got a gun to her head. And basically the reason that he's trying to like kill Ryan is because Ryan said another passing comment earlier on in the thing that she didn't think that they should give destiny the job. That's literally the reason. Yeah, <laughs> he, he thinks he's destiny's boyfriend. apparently. So he's, he's just mental. <laughs> I was a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, so he's there going, oh, I'm going to kill Ryan. Why do you want to kill Ryan? Because she said that destiny wouldn't be good for the job because he overheard them talking in in uh, somewhere didn't he was it at night he overheard them talking yeah, that, about it yeah i don't even recall seeing him in the bar at that no he leaves a, so much he's a jewelry at the bar oh, I was, gotcha. okay yeah yeah but it was around this scene where like of course destiny's uh, visions uh and that garner and uh, mitch could finally get there find this place and then um <laughs> which is probably one of the most ingenious ways i've ever seen in trying to uh get a gun off of uh an assailant a nice water sprinkler to the eyes yeah. uh taxi, <laughs> followed by an amazing leap on the on the flat water slide on the slip and slide <laughs> <laughs> that was yes that was 18 levels of genius it was. And then we go back to, uh, after the, he's been like captured and stuff, then we're, we're back in nights. And um, who was it saying? Is it, was, it, it was, was it Ryan or Destiny saying, like, I feel like someone's watching me? I think it was Ryan, wasn't it? No, Ryan. Yeah. Well, yeah, cause there's no explanation to why, like, Destiny's had these visions from this guy. And, like, even how, like, they even came to know each other. No explanation to it at all. It's just usual. It ends with all Saturn nights. And then Ryan goes, I feel like someone's washing me. And then it cuts to the painting that 
destiny painted on the wall. No, but it's all been painted out except for yeah, the eyes. No explanation. Yeah. yeah. It was very like, bizarre. But when she quoted that line, I feel like someone's watching me. I thought like Rockwell or something was going to play in the background. You know, somebody's watching, watching me. me. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, but I guess, um, you know, publishing rights, you know, oh dear. But yeah, it was a very bizarre ending with just the eyes as on on the uh, painting that was on the wall. Um, but I, I do actually really admire the array of um, very overly flamboyant headbands that Destiny wears in this entire episode. Like <laughs> bows and small parcels on her head. It's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. It's great. Very the, the things with this episode, I remember when I got to this point and I was, by this point, I was so confused by what had gone on, what had just happened. I was extremely happy about the fact that I was so confused. But there was just so many questions. I was just like, right, why is this paint? What is this painting? Why is it even there? That guy, how did he have a painting of them? Why is he obsessed with Destiny? How many times has he even seen her? Why is Ryan out investigating on her own? What was all this talk about a diamond ring that was quite a, mentioned quite a few times from the beginning? What, what was the reference that? That was mentioned more than once. Throughout. We haven't even mentioned this diamond ring because it was that insignificant, but it was like mentioned quite a few times. There were so many questions, and every question to me just made the episode better. The one thing I love about a program is coming out of a program and being like, What the fuck just happened? I have no idea. That confused the hell out of me, and that did the job. So, 10 out of 10, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think the only thing that we really got from the whole fact the diamond ring i think garner said at one point went oh now that's a rock and that's it yeah that's that's all we heard about the it diamond was made a big deal of wasn't it saying about the diamond ring from the um the scottish woman yeah like yeah but they were giving it about the scottish woman them, right when they're in knights the first time and they're talking about tofu and shit uh oh, yeah, that's wrong that the, the fact's I, wrong I, I've actually got a, I've actually got a thing here to ask Chris if the tofu quote is right. No, isn't. tofu isn't. It says to, tofu isn't food. It's a fungus. It's actually a bean. It's made of soy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, right. So when they're in in nights talking about tofu and shit, um, the ring gets dropped off at the bar, and then then they go, "Oh, Destiny, this is for you." And then she opens it, sees the ring, and then that's when she starts having the visions. Mm. Oh, okay. So the ring is giving her visions. Mm. See, how do we not pick up on that? It was that. It was so unobvious that okay, one out of three people recognised that that was a part of the storyline. I, I was just confused for most of this episode. Um, I was just like observing the surreal nature of the things that were going around the. I, I was observing the most obvious things around the most least obvious things. In this case, the diamond ring was one of the most least obvious, like, you know, points of the whole plot line. But I, this is just like a, a whole gumbo of confusion and greatness and confusion. Like, I just, the, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all. And, uh, and, Ryan and Garner's outfits at the beginning just blew my mind. I wish I could get 90s clothing like that. Oh, just, too bad. Uh, I will go as far to say as this is so far my favourite episode I've watched. Okay. I will probably... 
I agree with you. Um, I think, well, we've got the city, the second season episode to talk about as well, but I do think overall this week was so solid for episodes. I think they were both really enjoyable. It made no sense, but it was entertaining from start to finish. I didn't get bored at any point. I just got more confused, and the more confused I got, the more I enjoyed it. This is definitely the first time sort of season one kind of falls into season two's territory as well. Yeah. Like, oh, it's totally. It's, it's tackling the, the supernatural and stuff. Well, I mean, don't you um, think they've, they've kind of missed a trick by not having Destiny in, in season two? She seems like the perfect yeah. person to be in season two. I think, and also the other correlation that was very obvious between this episode and next episode that we're going to review is that the blatant added sponsorship. Yeah. Which yeah. I, know, I know, I think I mentioned it last week, and yeah, so um, Adidas are, are clearly backing Baywatch Nights. Maybe we could get someone from Adidas to make a comment on why they really wanted to back this program <laughs> out of everything. Because <laughs> they seem, they, they seem this... to be, it seems to be the only sponsor. I, don't, I haven't seen any other branding. It's just Adidas all the time. Did, did this episode come out? Did this episode come out in nineteen ninety six? Ninety five, I think. Nineteen ninety five. Oh, okay then. Like, I just thought it was very convenient that Adidas is sponsoring it, which also Korn released the song Adidas in Day <laughs> I Dream About Sex. I thought, hold on a second. Oh, yeah. Korn. It's Fieldy, a producer. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, yeah, it's the 28th of... Um, no, sorry, 21st of October, 1995. Oh, okay uh, then. Yeah, oh. ch- check, the, um, check the credits. You might see, like, Head is the best boy grip or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah. actually hold on a minute remember on the bit where um where they're chasing the guy in the mullet it was very funky fieldy is yeah remember he did that um rap <laughs> album once fieldy's dreams there was some quite funky bass uh, lines on that oh man we could also probably suggest that jonathan davis was garner's wardrobe assistant <laughs> actually wasn't fieldy in a hair metal band before corn Ah, uh, but it, corn, corn, corn would have already been out by that point, though. So, what's that from? We're kind of going into a chat just about new metal. Right. Now. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's uh, episode as uh, season four, season one, episode four. There is no season four, um, and we're gonna have a quick break, and we'll come back and we'll do season two, episode four. Um, wait for so, this. Yeah, listen to. <laughs> wait for cool. that scream, and yeah, we'll see you in a few minutes. Bye. <laughs> And welcome back to Evenings with Mitch Buchanan, a Baywatch Nights podcast, episode uh, four. And today we are now talking about season two, episode four, The Strike. And the synopsis for this one, during a normal day at Baywatch, Mitch rescues a young man named Jake from drowning. And he soon gets involved in a complex X-Files type plot line where jake has a connection with roswell ufo incident from the 1940s <laughs> there's a lot more to it yeah, than that, that. Is <laughs> that is so wrong it's ridiculous uh, i'll get this out of the way right now the 1940s are not mentioned once in this entire episode <laughs> right <laughs> 1990s are mentioned but not the 1940s are uh, never mentioned once in this episode so he's ever writing his imdb uh, synopsis are wrong and once we finish this podcast I, I think that we I've got an IMDB account and you can submit stuff 
and I think the three of us should submit correct synopsis for every one of these episodes. <laughs> yeah, they are all completely wrong. We should also include all the German names as well. This one is called Der Blitz, <laughs> which is yeah, just, Blitz. which I'm guessing is just the strike in in German or Auf Deutsch, as you would say. Yeah. So yeah, so right, so where where do we want to start with with this one? Then I guess setting the scene. Um, James, you got your finger up. Then do you want to jump in? Yeah, it was just like a, just a casual sunny day on the beach. You know, uh, Mitch just uh, sitting on his little lifeguard podium, just looking out to sea. See some awkward looking uh, young man in a pair of white shorts and a t-shirt, and he um, looking out, grinning at surfers like quite literally just gripping and like anxiously sort of pacing about, smiling and all that, um, just kind of watching them like surf and whatnot, you know, just checking out like the safety uh, harnesses and whatnot. So, um, yeah, so he, this, this dude that Mitch is keeping an eye on because uh, he can see he's a bit of a, a novice when it comes to uh, surfing and whatnot. He goes out into the sea and even though it's in shallow waters, he kind of like... Uh, Flips over and Mitch goes out to um, pull him out, just give him a bit of advice on the before we, before we say what goes Shallow on. Shallow water. It wasn't even in the water. <laughs> but, but, but before before we say what goes on, because obviously it's a big thing that happens. When you were saying about him watching people on the beach, he wasn't he wasn't just watching them. He was sat there, like, really judging them, like, judging them. Like, his facial expressions were a bit more, like, kind of like, like, what are you doing, mate? What are you like? Ooh, I don't know about that. Like, proper, like, proper judging these. And it was, he's just judging this kid who's obviously never been bodyboarding in his life. Right. The, the kid, like, so clumsily straps on this bodyboard, right? And, I mean, it, it's so intense, like, how nervous this kid looks like he's going to go bodyboarding. For the I know, it's, it's like he's about like, to have a spiritual like, awakening going like into the water. He's terrified, right? Then he walks into the water, and it looks like he's having a fucking orgy. <laughs> he is literally, like, just little sexual energy, like, just flying off him. Like, literally, like, the guy's been touched for the first time. And it was like, honestly, it was like, almost orgasmic for the lad. Right, he walks in to about ankle height, literally about ankle height water, falls down and looks like he's drowning in a deep sea. <laughs> Mitch like runs full scale, right? Jumps in the water, splashes about a bit to make it look a bit more intense than it actually is, and pulls this guy out of the water, right? Which is like already a bit of a to do. Then out of nowhere, a Fucking lightning bolt! <laughs> and behind them. <laughs> oh, they shake hands, yeah. And the lightning bolt hits behind them, right? And they both go flying. It doesn't touch them. You see it hit behind them. But it's not a cloud in the sky. There's not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> But honestly, like uh, as soon as that happened, I don't know about you, but I literally burst out laughing. I was just I like, "What fucking the hell?" <laughs> right. I, I basically I, I laughed so hard. Right. I paused it, wound it back, watched it again. I laughed so hard again, and then I messaged the the, the little Facebook group we've got and said, "This is amazing." <laughs> 
It was just incredible. Like it just it just came out of literal nowhere. Like you would not expect it. It was just like shaking his hand to be like, Oh, what's your name? I'm, I'm Mitch. Goes to find out his name. Boom. Lightning out of nowhere. Both down. It's like the, that's just like the Baywatch equivalent of the Predator handshake, you know, Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, but no, there's just a bolt of lightning that comes out of nowhere when there's not a cloud in the sky. And then <laughs> Which just sets the whole president of the entire episode, and <laughs> it gets, it's more, yeah, it just gets ridiculous from here. So, yeah. so next thing you know, they're both in the uh, in the hospital ward, and they're yeah, the Ryan, Ryan's there. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so they're just lying in the in the hospital ward, and um, suddenly um, Mitch like responds to Jake, which is the the kid's name. He, re- he responds to Jake because um, Jake's um, about basically Jake thinks his dad's going to kill him. But what's happened is, is that Jake didn't say anything. They communicated through mind. <laughs> Somehow this bolt of lightning hey. had given them telepathic communication. What transfer is telepathy? And I was just like, under the second, did he actually just, well, at first, she, at the first time Mitch starts talking to um what telepathically to jake uh the kid you don't actually hear what jake says and all of a sudden you think what the fuck is he going on about and then after the first time that's when you hear jake's voice in mitch's mind so like all of a sudden like his dad comes in who is creepy as fuck mm. and uh, you know it's just like you know, really, really intense. It's just like not happy, and and all of a sudden, Jake's like, "Mitch, you shouldn't have told him that." You know, like, uh, like you know, he, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. Mitch, you shouldn't have told him that. But it's just a very weird and intense scene. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, the, the dad comes and picks up Jake. They go outside the hospital, and then what seems like something out of a Star Wars novel with force lightning waves his hand. Turns the car on. <laughs> he just touches the car and the engine starts. He's not even inside it. He just touches the roof and it's just like boom. Yeah. That was some like Jedi shit right there. And that we're was... only like we're literally like two minutes in a couple minutes into the into the thing. It's, it's all go already. Lightning bolt, telepathic communication, man starting a car with his fingers. It just it just keeps going from there. So then what we switch to then is obviously the, the kid goes home with his dad and then we see this bit of him he's looking through his adidas box we mentioned the box he's got his box <laughs> with adidas right now he's just looking through all this stuff i don't really know why what he's doing there uh, all i knew is there was a sponsorship going on and then he sees these people turning up at his house and he's there like getting really scared and then it switches back to mitch in the office and mitch is getting really scared and he's got his coffee in his hand and his hands shaking <laughs> with the coffee <laughs> He's just like, oh, what's going on? And then suddenly the kid's getting more and more scared, and then Mitch is now huddled in the corner like he's on some NSPCC advert, like he's some sort of battered child in a corner. I've got something to say here, right? Do you remember about 10 years ago when the Hoff was dealing with alcoholism and his daughter leaked that video? Oh, yeah. Pissed on the floor, crying with the hamburger. Right? Yeah. This reminded me of that. Exactly reminded me of that. Right? I'm telling you, honestly, it was like 
that whole fucking serious thing that happened to the Hawford who's dealing with booze was like he was just reenacting this this moment from Baywatch Nights. It was like, honestly, I, I bet if you put the two together, they would look similar. And he's like in the corner, crying his eyes out, and Ryan's trying to comfort him. And it was some quite good acting from the half, actually. Yeah, he's <laughs> quite good acting. Him. Yeah. Like, uh, there was like this really funny little line beforehand where Jake uh, tries on that um, Dodgers cap, and then Mitch just recites, like, hmm. I don't even like the Dodgers. Why am I thinking about them? And then all of a sudden, yeah, you know, he should have stuck to decaf, his hand shaking, coffee everywhere. Then he starts, like, you know, he's inconsolable and, like, rocking back and forth. And uh, Ryan is very concerned, clearly. And then uh, the Hoff's having a telepathic conversation with Jake, and he's trying to make sense of it, um, which is... Like, yeah. And Ryan's just like, what are you, what's going on? We need to get you to the hospital. Yeah. Probably thinks he's a schizophrenic like, thing, or something. One other thing I noticed, right, is for, for the whole episode, obviously, the Hoff talks to Jake through telekinetic powers, right? The Hoff speaks his words out loud, but Jake just speaks through <laughs> his head. I noticed that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, it, maybe it's because, though, if Jake does this regularly, he knows he can just do it in his mind, but Hoff's a beginner at, you know, telepathic communication, so he thinks you've still got to talk. That's probably what it is. It's just beginner. He just doesn't really know what, how it works yet. <laughs> Telepathy beginners. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I could come up with, really. So, so yeah, so basically, Hoff's getting, uh, Mitch is getting this message from Jake that these people are going to gonna kill him. So he, like, runs out of the office and Ryan's, like, you know, has no idea what's going on and it's just all a bit, a bit crazy. And um, this guy, known as the Porter, is, is is chasing down Jake. Did, did, um, did the porter remind anyone else of It was almost like the Terminator. Yeah, in T-1000. In my notes, I put the, the porter, a bald crap T-1000. <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> he was literally the Terminator. It was brilliant. And he even had the really crap pyrotechnics and stuff. Yeah. Like, just like these little explosions coming out every now and then. Yeah, some thought it was Jesse Ventura. Was that Jesse Ventura? <laughs> he did look like... Yeah. He looked like a slightly, like, skinnier Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Okay, but, the, but the best yeah, bit but... is, right, so when, when Mitch finally catches up with um, with Jake and the porter, and the porter speaks for the first time, that's when he was completely the Terminator. He, like, stops and said, you must return with me. It was, like, the funniest kind of, like, real cheesy, yeah. like, one-liner, which you can and imagine. Then, and then he makes a skip chase them <laughs> yes he tries to attack Mitch with a bin literally fires a bin at them I've got so many notes before we get to that scene I've got so many notes before we get to that so um, okay so when Jake is back at the house uh, with his dad all of a sudden that's when the sinister people in cars start emerging onto the house oh, loads of them as well yeah these are the bastards and that's when the porter is particularly made at a point of focus, you know, they're having a bit of a chit-chat in the uh, front room. It's like, yeah, you can't leave. But apart from the porter, that's the last time you see the dad or any of those random people. So at first, I thought, oh, were they a cult or something like that? Mm. So after this, uh, Mitch is now having a conversation with Jake and then uh, he's trying to track him down where he pretty much breaks every traffic violation possible <laughs> trying to find Jake, which is... Because he's doing like 
no brake turns around like he's just going proper grand theft auto so um this is after that that's where the porter suddenly stepping into the shop when jake warns him that he's coming so he has like yeah because jake's going down like the street and then in the background the porter just steps into the into the scene where he's just come from like a, a driveway or something like it's like a michael myers moment where he peeks out from around like the garden like entrance mm. which i thought was really funny and um it's around the point um at 16 minutes and 15 seconds a camera zoom in on the porter's eyes to Jake's reaction. I oh, that his shocked face. Laughed. Yeah, his shocked yeah. face was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was so. And the bin blew up. Oh yeah, he made a bin. Yeah, was it? Yeah, but that, I mean, that seems to be an ongoing theme, isn't it? So he made the bin explode then, and then when Mitch shows up, he actually gets a huge skip. <laughs> gets the skip to chase Mitch. <laughs> He's attacked by a skip. That's what I've got written down. Mitch is running down an alley from a rogue BFI bin, which is tending to be set by side in an alleyway. There's this bin by retechnics going off and stuff around it. It's like, what is going on? There's another bit, though, right, where just as he's catching up with Jake, he's on the phone to Ryan, right? And Ryan is really scared and, and doesn't really believe him when he's saying he's got like these telekinetic like voices and shit. Right? The last three weeks, Ryan's dealt with fucking underwater Bigfoots, um, <laughs> jelly people, um, fish women, right? And she's not batting an eyelid. Then the moment her partner, her like best friend, business partner, starts going. I'm hearing voices of this lad in my head. She's like, no, 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 I'm really scared. What the fuck? Yeah, very, very true. I didn't bear that in mind. She has seen the weirdest shit ever. And suddenly this is shocking to her. Oh, and then this is where it, well, if it hasn't been already ridiculous at this point, this is where everything just goes haywire. So, um, so you know, Mitch finds Jake. <coughs> Jake uh, hot wires a convertible with his hand, which is awesome. And then this is the entrance of the absent from last week's episode, Teague. Yeah, good old Teague. Teague knows Teague, everything. Right. He is the most mysterious but, man ever. Does he know everything? Like, this is it. He comes in, like, tells Ryan everything. I think Teague's behind everything. He's got right? to be. He, has- he is behind everything. There's something that happens later on in this episode, right, which proves that Teague is just setting all of this up for them. <laughs> and I, and oh. he's the worst actor in the world. <laughs> Don't come about all of this. And he just turns up, finds Ryan. How do you, mo- and say, how do you monitor unusual brain activity without medical equipment? Like, really? Like, he's asking her about, has he been having any unusual brain activity? Kinesis, alpha waves. Not even her. <laughs> has he been any signs of unusual brain activity? Kinesis, alpha waves. And like, <coughs> what am I supposed to know about the most unusual question to ask someone? Like, oh, hello. Hello, Ryan. How are you? No, oh, no, but good. that's not very much remember. Ryan is also ridiculously knowledgeable about loads of shit that no one would know about either. In every episode of season two, she always seems to know all this crap that no one else would ever know. I don't know what it is yes. about them too. They're there's just very well educated. 
there's a quote that she makes later on in the episode, right, where she finally declares herself a scientist. She turns around to Teague and says, I am a scientist. And I thought you were a fucking scientist in season one. So when the hell did you go and get your degrees and become a scientist in between season one and two? It's never explained. Yeah. Also, like, I noticed that Teague does not like answering questions. Ryan asked him, asked him a couple of questions and he just does he completely disacknowledges her question and asks another question like uh, he, he ain't having none of it man like he's so, uh, he's so weird he's just mysterious he's just very mysterious shortly after this particular scene there's another um <laughs> there's, there's a really funny bit of dialogue which really tickled me with um um uh, uh, mitch and uh, jake and I don't know why, but it just really tickled me. It goes, um, Jake goes, there are secrets. And then the Hoff goes, what secret? And it goes back to Jake goes, so many secrets. <laughs> there are secrets. What secrets? Wait, but, but before that, though, before that, going back to Teague, obviously he then shows um, Ryan this kind of what looks like some sort of weird BDSM Power Rangers power suit. Doesn't he? And so oh, hang on. Is it? Yeah, no, you, not, you, you've missed. That's when I get to the house. Oh, if I mean, yeah, to the house, yeah. Oh. He, but he does tell her that they, that they, that they're aliens and they crash landed uh, six years ago. Uh, yeah. In Roswell, so it's not the 1940s, like the synopsis says. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows that, well, not everyone knows, but like all paranormal supernatural geeks and conspiracy theorists know that the Roswell crash was 1947, um, but he turned up at Roswell a little bit too late to the party. He joined in 1990 and uh, had been, you know, just... Uh, Wasn't there of... reference to there being one small seat on the air, on the spacecraft? Yeah, because he was the youngest. The rest, yeah. Basically, they were implying that all the other ones were evil, but he was nice because he was the kid. Yeah, mm. I think so. That's, but there be yeah, but then also right, this is where it confuses me because he does he says that they're not humans, they're just balls of light. So why the fuck would they have seats if they're balls of light? Comfort. <laughs> just comfort. <laughs> balls of light is really to be comfortable as well. I mean you can't argue that. In case that you're being a ball of light, levitating gets a bit strenuous, you know, you've got a nice recliner to chill out on, you know. But <laughs> You know, a potential theory, perhaps. You know, aliens like climbers. <laughs> so, but, so am I, am I missing anything else b b before they get to the house? Yes, yes. Um, so, um, Mitch and uh, uh, what's it like? Mitch and Jake, they're kind of like trying to contact someone. So, Mitch asks for a quarter when oh, he's yeah. found someone, and then. All of a sudden, Jake holds like this broken like phone line, which he just seems to weld together and by clenching his fist. But like Mitch gets on the phone and is about to engage in conversation without having even typed in a phone number. <laughs> yeah, and then he turns around to Jake and goes, "You ever been to Vegas?" Then <laughs> oh, yeah. the next minute, right, he's got he's got Ryan and Teague on the phone, right. Uh, now that's where Ryan and Teague are in the house, but Chris can cover that in a minute. And Teague, and he tells Teague where he is, right? And he goes, right, at the other end of where you are, there's an empty hangar. Yeah. Get him there, right? Get him there. So now, so 
See, in a bit, something else is going to happen in that hangar. How the fuck did they get to that hangar before mission that if they're already there? Right? This is why Teague is behind it all. <laughs> Teague knows everything. We'll get to that in a minute. We're, we're, I just zoomed ahead, but that's like just that bit. Now is this also where Mitch bit. says that he's up to his ass in alligators on the phone? Yeah, there's no <laughs> fucking alligators. I'm up to my ass in alligators. There was a really, really funny line uh, between Ryan and um, uh, Teague uh, when they get they find the energy suit, which actually looks like a hollowed out gimp suit, which they've just bought from the BDSM bondage. Yeah, yeah. BDSM Power right. Rangers. Oh. And that's quite an amusing thought, actually. But there was a great bit of dialogue here, like where Ryan's like, um, "Who is are an execution suit?" <laughs> yeah, and there's, <laughs> like, there was a great bit of like dialogue, and I think basically Ryan asked, "Like, who are they?" T goes, "Uninvited visitors, aliens, perhaps we don't know." <laughs> Just uninvited visitors. That's what we refer to them as. Yeah, then like yeah, then like Ryan goes aliens, and then T goes yeah, perhaps we don't know. Of course he knows. Like they just crash landed in Roswell like six years previous, but even so, he's the most uninformative government agent ever. He's just, he's just mysterious. That's what he does. He doesn't like to give too much away, does he? He's very he's secretive. So, he's so, so sketchy. But how but, the hell over the conversation does T know that there's a hangar literally? right by where Mitch is. It's like totally planned this whole thing out and he knows. Yeah, he he knows everything. I think we're going to learn a lot about T in the next few episodes. He's a... and, and this is where you find out Jake's basically an alien from another world. No, he's and... from he's from up there. That was his exact oh, quote. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm then, from like... up there. And he's crashed in the desert in Roswell, basically. And um, the reason that they're all after him is basically because he apparently broke the rules, which in um, in context, basically, he just tried to go bodyboarding. And that was basically it, isn't it? That's, that's literally all he did. He just wanted to go in the ocean. Don't go bodyboarding. Yeah, but that, that, that was him breaking the rules, and now everyone's after him. All he wanted to do was do a rip curl, man. Yeah. And, and he's getting... Poor alien child. That's all he wanted. <laughs> and he drowned. Almost drowned. But then, yeah, then like... now, now we've got Porter back to, um, you know, uh, found him again. And they're still, still on the, the pursuit. Um, did anyone notice that Porter, at one point, I don't know if you thought this, I thought Porter is very slow considering his powers. <laughs> like, he seems to take <laughs> ages. But then, suddenly, he started transporting. To different... Yeah, from a building to a roof. Oh, before that, before that is when uh, they have their first standoff in the jaunt- <gasps> jauntily tilted camera angle standoff in the hallway. <laughs> oh, yeah, the hallway, yeah. And then run! Oh! Scream! Which is to run. And then the explosions side to side in the hallway, like a Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer production. Like, like it was so funny. That scream had me in tears. It was Does so anyone else good. think that this is where all the budget went and that's why we didn't see much effects in the Green Gelatinous Goo episode? They spent it all on pyro for, for episode four. <laughs> 
it was so funny. But yeah, it was after this when they get outside, that's when you realise, like, how is Porter able to flash all over the place and just be randomly on a rooftop? Um, you, you know, like, um, there's a difference between telepathy and teleportation. Mm. There's a big difference between those two terminologies and telekinesis. So they're kind of bouncing from the three different tellies, telekinesis, telepathy, teleportation. You know, it's... <laughs> Almost like got all of their tellies jumbled up. He just needed to turn into a television and then he would have been all done. (laughs) (laughs) One of those big domes, like bathers, not a flat screen. Just imagine imagine if he he had the power to turn into like a 42 inch flat screen. (laughs) Just (laughs) just randomly. I really loved right now this is something that I duly noted because it's because <laughs> there's a, a great bit coming up but the sound effects used for the explosions are so cheesy and it reminds me of like old Star Trek episodes like with the lasers and like the, the uh, pew 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 sort of like thing. Yeah, yeah it really is isn't it? Sci-fi so put that sci-fi, explosions are sci-fi noises <laughs> so bad man but and then, sorry go on after you Nick you, go, you get there you go first obviously I was just going to elaborate on that but yeah. gripes about this episode was if the porter is so advanced why doesn't he just kill Mitch with one hit rather than telepathically missing him with all the emotions on the I rooftop it's like a storm oh, I don't know. but that rooftop battle was fucking epic yeah. right and then we're, so basically, they had this battle. Mitch is dodging all these explosions and jumping around. Oh, when he throws him off the roof, then he gets thrown off the roof, right? When and we down. get about, he must fall for about thirty seconds, right? With those, oh, right, absolutely <laughs> hilarious, right? And then it cuts back and forth, so like Mitch falling and Jake looking at him, right? And then Jake stops him about an inch from the ground, and he hovers. Honestly, right? that Mitch that bit, I... hovers off the ground. Honestly, I burst out laughing and I was sat with my girlfriend who also burst out laughing on that bit because it just looked so funny. The way he fell for ages and suddenly it was just like, stopped a few inches above the ground. It was almost like that Mission Impossible bit where someone's on a wire and it drops them down really quickly and stops them before they hit a laser on the floor or something. He was falling for hours. Like, there was one bit where he's going towards the camera and he's like, Ugh. it really reminded me. Have you guys ever seen the film Black Dynamite? Yeah, 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 yeah. And when Black Dynamite goes from the helicopter, he goes, cream corn. No. <laughs> <laughs> like cheesy like, camera upward sort of like thing. But my God, I was in hysterics over this. And the fact that he got stopped before he hit the floor with telepathic power, and all of a sudden, like, Mitch has now started to become a believer. He's just yeah. like, oh. What's okay. going on? And then at the same time, we've now got, like, so Mitch has just been, like, saved by um, Jake, right? Now Teague and Ryan turn up at the hangar, the other side of this complex where they're at. So surely they must have driven past and seen this battle going on, right? They get inside this hangar, and Teague has got it kitted out with scientists, a fucking um, operating theatre, computer desks, right? It reminded me of that bit on E.T., you know that when they had that kind of tent in E.T.? It was exactly that. If you've seen E.T., listeners, and you know the bit where they've got E.T. in that room, and he's turning grey-brown like white poo, right? (laughs) Basically... It's like that, but in a hangar, get, they're getting prepared so they can put Jake in it, right? But it's like, how? How? 
How does Teague know this? How has he managed to get that set up that quickly? He's behind it all. <laughs> he, he's well organised. He knows his shit, man. Like, T- Teague's a dark horse, man. He's a dark horse. But, like, really there was an exploit at 31 minutes and 40 seconds where the car blows up. And there's so many different camera angles for that car blowing up. But the fact that Mitch reacts to the explosion two seconds after the car explodes and it's like a horribly delayed reply it's just or, sorry reaction and it, it's just so funny because it just looks so awkward it's like he just realizes that a car's blown up in front of him and he's like oh you know i thought that was really really amusing but like um so yeah well, I see. This well, is well, where well, we here as well i've actually got a big in capitals roswell confirmed so we didn't actually yeah. know it was about roswell until right here it was kind of hinted wasn't it that what we kind of thought because it was kind of like oh you know uh crash of a ufo and it's kind of like oh roswell could it be roswell and then it gets confirmed around here i think t confirms it doesn't he yeah that's it yeah so yeah that yeah we find out that um jake crashed in roswell in 1990 and uh t's been running the joint you know he's uh he's calling the shots and then um the porter um gets into a bit of a tussle with mitch but the throw when the porter grabs mitch into the fence yeah goes on forever it's just like but the thing is like the first throw when um mitch goes along the floor he's like rolling forever it's it's amazing but just before i remember there's that conversation where they're talking about um energy source he's like what kind of energy source and he's like oh you know it, somehow it's, it's kind of connected to electricity kind of thing you know as if like electricity is kind of like not really an energy source this is kind of like oh it's kind of like maybe electricity that's kind of an energy source and that's how then mitch gets this idea of how he can defeat the porter yeah because water and electricity do not mix kids you know so um don't leave any plug devices next to the bath or your drink you know so we, we care even if with mitch buchanan cares about you so um don't mix those two things like mitch decided to open a fountain onto the porter and then get his mate jake to bloody electrocute him and not only does the porter blow up and get not blow up, <laughs> this is amazing it's electrocuted <laughs> in the most cheapest electrocution scene ever but jake the good alien kind of accidentally electrocutes himself it yeah. looked like his heart exploded or something didn't it it had like, yeah. kind of like it's one area of him from so this is what this is now Mitch Buchanan's latest addition to his criminal record that he hasn't got. <laughs> Accidentally participated in manslaughter. <laughs> of two people. Murder of one and manslaughter of another. <laughs> they're, not, they're not really people though, are they? So <laughs> Manslaughter upon an alien being. <clears throat> yeah. So he's broken universal rules now. Like he's killed a being from outer space, yeah. potentially. You know. so, now, so now, like the doctors are all looking at him. I don't know if you notice the doc when the doctors are looking at you know because Jake's been taken to the ET tent. Look <laughs> what the doctors' dialogue. It's just weird noises. You notice that it's just all like it's just all mumbling. It's really weird. How does no? How to give Jake to these people like he trusts them? Yeah, and I love I love the, the fact that Mitch is just like you know, oh, we need to test him. Why can't you just have him fill out a questionnaire? Yeah. <laughs> it's like have him fill out a questionnaire. He's a kid. 
Oh my god, it's so funny, man! Yeah. It's so funny. And then kid asks uh, if Mitch, if he could speak to Mitch. So Mitch goes in the tent alone with him. <laughs> yeah. I love the way T doesn't even say yeah, go on. He just goes, yeah, nod, <laughs> and then uh, yeah. So has a little bit of a chat with him, and then uh, Jake says like, I'm going to get out of here. Basically, like I've got to go and go home. And then uh, he tells uh, Mitch not to look into the light because it's very bright. So um, he's been very conscious about his eyesight, which is um, <laughs> alien. You know, I appreciate his uh, safeguarding techniques there. And then um, all of a sudden there's uh, Teague screaming no with lots of reverb and a little bit of slow motion. When uh, Jake looks to, the, to the, his left, um, sort of smiling at Mitch, and then he just disappears. And... Um, it was so funny, but the Hoff looks so emotional as he's exiting. You know, but choked up, isn't it? Right, but it's Mitch's line. Mitch's line. Right, he turns around to him and goes, "He knew he was dying, but he didn't want to hurt my feelings." <laughs> <laughs> I love the way when he dies as well, he just slowly fades away. Like someone just put a fade filter on on the on the editing program, and just fades. It's confusing because it's like. If Jake was so worried about all those people, why didn't he go home in the first place? I, he... I read that. I thought he could just go in whenever he wants. Why all the fuss? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> it's six years that he's been dawdling around and pissing off the alien race while by, by going bodyboarding was completely irrelevant. He could have just fucked <laughs> off home in the first place and there wouldn't have been some sort of like a, a, a hot in for an a good alien for six years. You could have just like, you just been all right guys, see you later. Bye. But no, he just decided to hang around. And then, um, the episode kind of wraps up by Mitch looking at the stars. That's really emotional. That's really thinking about it. <laughs> but at least this time he didn't say, that's it. I'm going home. He was at home. <laughs> or no time for the blues. <laughs> oh, Yep, yep, so, um, yeah, um, okay, so, how this um, episode, this episode was kind of like the first proper episode which actually had real tinges of X-Files similarities, like, this episode for me, because I'm a big X-Files fan, big X-Files geek, this one really reminded me of a uh, a cross between the X-Files episodes Miracle Man about the evangelical kid that can control the weather and basically is a miracle man and about this uh, episode called Talitha Kumai where Jeremiah Smith the alien healer comes into play so it's kind of like a mixture of those two episodes all rolled into one so for me this was like the first sort of like real X-Fold lenient episode where it's pretty obvious in their uh, inspiration yeah I mean when exactly so when this was on, like, where were we as far as kind of X-Files popularity, exactly? So, uh, height. Well, basically, um, so this was this episode was done in uh, 96, if I am yeah. correct. Yeah, I think it was that. So, look, this would, would have been about definitely around the peak of it, because, yeah, because X-Files started in 1993, going into 1994, mm. so 95, 95. This would probably been around the time when the fourth season was actually about, and that's when it was really becoming like a world yeah. phenomenon. 
I mean, I was at college. I would, I would have been at college around then. <clears throat> and um, it was back mid-90s. My first job was at college. And um, that was around the time when Gillian Anderson was in, like, FHM and stuff like that. And it was, like, X-Files mania around then. So, also, yeah, it was. The other thing that I would like to I'll probably give you a bit of pointless trivia right now. When was the date when this episode had come out, do you know, Nick? Uh, it was the twenty second of October. Hang on, remember that? Uh, if I got my memory right, was the twentieth of October, nineteen ninety six. Okay, so that year on the fifth of February, uh, th- this is how you know it, the height of that X Files law. Is that on February nineteen ninety six, the number one UK single in the UK was Babylon Zoo's Space. Ah, <laughs> oh, just man, uh, yeah, and then obviously '97 is when we got the X Files movie, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it would have been around about season four of the X Files when all of this started coming out. So, uh, it was definitely something that was very prominent because you also had like other um, series that was coming out at the same time that was Millennium, Millennium, The Outer Limits, all that I guess kind of unsolved stuff. mysteries was quite big around this time as well wasn't it which we spoke yeah. about before stack <laughs> <laughs> and also forget strange but true oh yeah forgot about that one and yeah, then michael yeah but i've got to say this this has is hands down my favorite episode of everything we watched so far I even preferred it to the season one episode this week. Oh, really? Okay, well, that, uh, that brings uh, us to our vote then, really, doesn't it? What, I absolutely, hands down, my vote is, well, hands up, my vote's going for this episode. I've, I fucking loved it. I mean, obviously, I like sci-fi and horror, and I like 90s cheese and 80s cheese. And, you know, to me, this was a cheesy action sci-fi flick uh, straight to the video. Um it was perfect, mate. It was absolutely perfect. And it really, um, Teague, you know, it's really got my brain thinking now that Teague's behind all of this. And yeah, uh, this is the reason why we watch this show. And um, yeah, I, this episode really did blow me away. I'm trying it. to work out because my initial thoughts were season one. Because I just like, I don't know, I, I love watching things that confuse me. The more something confuses me, the more I enjoy it. I like coming out of something and being like, what the fuck just happened? I have no idea what's just happened. And that definitely did it for me. And like the, the mime, the Garner as a raster, <laughs> like just, there's just so much in that episode, which the, the, the bad Scottish accent, like <laughs> there's so many things. I do think uh, in general, season one is the strongest season. <clears throat> but I just think there's been a few gems in season two. And this for me was where it, it actually delivered what I wanted from the show. I mean, what I would say is that this episode was an easier watch than the season one. I found myself being able to watch this one quite solidly without having to like use my brain. It kind of, you know, it, it, it all kind of made sense in the only way Baywatch nights can. Um, but I don't know. I'm going to stick with my initial thoughts. I'm going to go season one. So James, are you a tiebreaker? Oh fuck! Sorry, dudes. It keeps cutting out. Um, 
Hold on one sec. Okay, yeah, I'm back. Okay, okay I'm good. So, uh, so sorry. What, what um, did you oh, say you're going? All right. So, yeah. So, what I was saying was, um, so Nick's putting uh, his vote in for season two. I put my vote in for season one. So it's a tiebreaker. So it's, it's down to you, which is going to take it this week. This is really because I have absolutely loved both episodes like th- these are easily the two best episodes that i've seen so far like it, it's a it's incredible cool. is he frozen for you as well Nick? It's always at, yeah it's always at this point of the evening we lose him <laughs> james are you back? back oh okay yeah i'm back oh one sec am i am i all good yet yeah, you're good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're back. I'll, I'll go from the beginning. So I loved both episodes equally as much, like, but for different reasons. Um, the series one episode I loved because it was so over-the-top ridiculous, and that scene where Mitch just dressed as a mime and Garner as a raster was absolutely hilarious. I thought it was absolutely And there were so many... There were so many funny moments in that episode, which had me in tears. But in the series two, it was so utterly beyond the realms of surrealism. The fact that, you know, he had a handshake with Jake and then a lightning bolt hit them from out of nowhere, which is pretty much just totally not even like, you know, glanced at for the rest of the episode. But, oh God, it's just, I'm okay, I'm actually going to choose this episode purely based on the fact that there was actually a genuine bit of great acting in this, and that is Series 2. Oh, so are you voting that just on the bit where Mitch is like pretending to be like a battered child under a desk? Is that the bit? Yeah, I, yeah, I thought that was actually a decent bit of acting, man. I was like, shit, like, okay, he stepped up his game right now. This is cool. But I just love the fact that also that uh, Mitch Buchanan has now added a list of potential manslaughter to an alien <laughs> from outer space, long list of long listed resume of crimes that he has committed as a people. I mean, let's be fair. I mean, whichever one was going to win, it's it's a win-win this week. Like they're both just incredible. You, whichever one you watch, you're not going to be disappointed. So. Um, where does that take our tally to now? Are we at, um, are we level pegging now? Is it two for season one, two for season two? Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. Two all again. Level pegging. It, it, anyone can win at this vital stage of the competition. All right. <clears throat> so next week we have um, just a gigolo, Mitch and Ryan go undercover as a gigolo and a wealthy wi- widow to entrap a group of robbers. <laughs> but they enjoy their roles so much that they almost forget the reason why they're doing it until it's too late. So Amazing. Mitch is going to, Mitch is now going to become a male prostitute. <laughs> and season two, uh, we got Circle of Fear after a report of a possible black arts event in a nearby woods. Mitch and Ryan investigate and find a half-burned book containing strange incarnations. Their search leads them to a speciality occult bookshop where they find the duplicate of the book, where the incarnations are shown for calling evil spirits. Oh, so some sort of like witchcraft, demonic kind of 
ceremony thing going on there maybe who knows yeah into proper evil dead territory this could be fun a lot of yeah fun. i mean i hope there's some zombies at some point during season two i'd like to see some zombies and then i think we need to do something special for um uh, episode six because both of the synopsises for both those episodes sound like they could be the best things in the world so we need to do a big special event and i think get a few listeners for that one we have a, a an episode where um Ryan goes undercover as a uh, sex call operator. <laughs> and we also have an, offer, an episode where Mitch and Ryan time travel back to the 18th century to a brothel. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think we need to really build some hype for episode six. I mean, it's uh, all, so it's all going weeks. quite... It's all getting quite sexy. We've got there being a gigolo. There's a sex call operator. They're going back in time to a brothel. I mean, what's going on? Is Baywatch Nights turning into porn? That is the question. I mean, the thing is, we've got to imagine that. We're four episodes in. There's 22 episodes in each season. (laughs) (laughs) Right? We have another 36 episodes to watch. We haven't even... No, 38 episodes to watch. Another 38 episodes to sit through. What is going to happen? I don't know. How could it get any better? I've got high hopes. I hope David like directs one of the episodes at some point because that would be just like a crowning glory. I just don't know. It's going to get batshit crazy. We're four episodes in and it's got this weird already. I mean, (laughs) what's going to happen to us? Like, what are we going to be like when we get through this? I don't know. Well, the only way to find out, people, is to tune in next week and see what our mental state is. So that's a good way to wrap this up. So, Nick, yeah, I know. Uh, do you want to tell everyone where they can find more about the podcast? And add in whatever you're about to say as well. I can't actually remember what I was about to say. Um, <laughs> Baywatch Mites has taken over my mind. Um, yeah, so you can find us on Facebook, um, Evenings with Mitch Buchanan. Find us on all your favourite podcast services iTunes, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all of those, um, loads more. Um, we're on all of the main ones, I think, now. I think everyone we're on. Uh, you can email us at mitch, mitch at deadgoodfilmslike.co.uk. Uh, the email is in the description to this very podcast you're listening to. Um, you could tweet me, but I don't go on Twitter. Um, I don't know if you guys want to be uh, tweeted about it, but uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Twitter. Tweet me if you want. Nicotella. Well, you can tweet me at Nicotella, at Chris HDF, at Nicotello, and James, yours? I'm not on Twitter. There you go. You've got PO Send a question on a postcard, and we'll get it soon. But yeah, um, yeah, tune in next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, I see the stats. We know you're listening. Um, we have had a little bit of feedback here and there. People seem to be digging it. So, yeah, just stay tuned. And if we're confusing you too much and you want us to slow down, just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> we're just as confused as you. We're all in this together, boys and girls. Uh, and on that note, yeah, uh, I'm Nick Box. And um, I'll speak to you next week. Yep. See you later. Bye. Bye.